Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. So Steve, did Ava Gardner and Howard Hughes have a good relationship? Well, they did until he dislocated her jaw. What? Well, don't worry. She hit him back with an ashtray. From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Have you ever wondered who the Mary was from Bloody Mary? If the Loch Ness Monster was real, or if Ouija boards actually worked? On each episode of the family-friendly Unspookable, we look at the histories and mysteries behind your favorite scary stories, myths, and urban legends to get the real stories behind the scares. Want to solve your next mystery? Find and follow Unspookable now wherever you get your podcasts. In 1604, prior to the British formation of Jamestown and Plymouth, settlers from the French province of Poitou established the colony of Acadia in North America, a region that consisted of the current Canadian maritime provinces, including Nova Scotia, Prince Edward Island, New Brunswick, and a portion of eastern Quebec. For over a century, these Acadian people flourished, farming and fishing their land. But in 1710, the British conquered the colony during Queen Anne's War. The peaceful Acadian people were allowed to keep their settlements. However, the British insisted that they sign an oath of allegiance to the king and abandon their Catholic heritage in favor of the Protestant religion something the proud Acadian people refused to do. So in 1755, during the French and Indian War, the British began deporting these men, women, and children. And over the following decade, in an era known as the Great Upheaval, or the Great Expulsion, approximately 11,500 Acadians were exiled. They were sent all over, some to other British colonies in North America. Others were sent to Britain or back to France, and many stayed in their new homes. But in 1765, a group of 200 Acadians arrived in Louisiana. France had ceded this colony to Spain only several years prior, in 1763. But unlike the British, the Spanish government allowed these settlers to maintain their French heritage and traditions. And as a result, over the next several decades, about 3,000 Acadians arrived. It was there, in the isolated swamps and marshes of Louisiana, west of New Orleans, where the Acadian people thrived, eventually becoming known as Cajuns. 
these self-reliant people who have become world-renowned for their cuisine, music, and unique French dialect were also met with numerous hardships. Some were merely the natural difficulties of settlement in the humid swamps and forests of Louisiana. But others were thought to be entirely supernatural. Leading many to believe in the existence of a lethal spirit said to lead travelers deep into the treacherous swamps to their death. My name is Brandon Schecksneider, and you are listening to Southern Gothic. Old Cajun folklore claims that in the marshes and bayous of southwest Louisiana are supernatural entities in the form of glowing balls of light. Some are as small as a candle flame, others as large as a volleyball, and they appear at night dancing across the swampland's horizon when they decide to make themselves known. They are called simply Le Fille Follet. These mischievous Cajun fairies are traditionally identified as spirits or ghosts. And while legends vary, most claim the Follet are the souls of infants who died unbaptized and are now left to wander the dark treacherous swamps after being denied entrance to heaven. Others say that these spirits are not children at all, but rather the souls of those who either managed to escape from purgatory or were sent back to earth to do penance for their sins. But no matter their origin, one thing remains constant. The fifolet is an omen of evil. And if seen, the most important rule is to not follow it, as the consequences could be lethal. The deadly fillet are believed to actively pursue their victims, appearing before them in an attempt to unwittingly capture their attention. Once enthralled by the glowing light, a person will follow the fillet without question, and the further they walk, the more confused and lost they become, pulled deeper into the dangerous depths of the swamps until the glowing orb leads them to an almost certain death.
while the legends surrounding the Fifale has been part of Cajun oral tradition for centuries. References to the phenomenon can be found in French-language newspapers as early as the mid-19th century. However, one of the oldest surviving documents to truly outline the folklore is dated 1901. In 1926, a manuscript was found among the possessions of the late Judge Joseph Arsène Brough, a former Chief Justice of the Louisiana Supreme Court. The document was written anonymously in French, but inside was a recording of the author's remembrances of Cajun life as early as the 1840s, documenting who these people were and how they lived as well as their many customs and superstitions. Although its true origins remain unknown, evidence points to Judge Bro himself as the author of the manuscript, and the document, now known as the Bro Manuscript, remains one of the earliest written records about Cajun culture today. According to the Bro Manuscript, a fifa lay is a quote, an evil spirit which pursues its victims and causes them to lose their way in marshy places or in the dark and winding bypaths of a forest. But the manuscript includes much more than a simple reference. It also tells the story of a young man who fell under the spell of the feared Follet. The man in the tail was traveling to his father's house near Shakahula Swamp sometime around 1840 when a light sprang up from a bramble patch beside him. The light looked as if it were coming from a lantern and once it caught the young man's attention, he became dazzled by its glow and began to blindly follow it with no regard for direction. With each step he took, he moved closer and closer to the edge of the swamp. But luckily, the man had just enough awareness to suspect that he had been targeted by the FIFA lay. So ever so slowly, he reached to remove his hat and quickly toss it ahead of him. Surprised by the movement, the fillet lunged after the hat, leaving the young man free of its influence. Fortunately, the man was able to backtrack his steps out of the swamp. But by the time he reached his father's house, he was filled with fear over what he had escaped. At dawn the following day, he returned to the spot from the night before, where he discovered himself standing on the edge of the swamp, with his hat still floating in the middle of the water before him. Many would say that the young man in the story was lucky. However, local lore suggests that there is a way to protect oneself from falling under the sway of the fifa The spirit cannot travel past iron, so all one must do is drive a cold piece of iron into the ground between them 
and the fillet. Other legends offer that a needle is even better protection, as once it's in the ground before the fillet, the wisp cannot help but attempt to fit through the needle's eye, becoming so focused on the task that its intended victim has time to escape. Variations to the Fifole myth are scattered all across the region now known as Acadiana. In Lake Charles, reports of the Fillet inhabiting the historic Bilbo Cemetery date back as far as the cemetery's founding in 1840. There, it is said that these mysterious glowing spirits serve to welcome the cemetery's newest residents. Although, it's just as possible that the Bilbo's Fifole may be the culprit for the death of some of the cemeteries interred. Other local lore claims that the Fifole is much more fiendish, targeting children and sucking their breath from them as they sleep. Those who believe this to be true claim that if an infant awakes with rosy, feverish cheeks, it is a sign that the child has fallen victim to the evil spirit. This variation on the tale does not elaborate on why the wisps would harm these innocent lives, but presumably the purpose is to make these victims sick enough to pass away, potentially becoming a new fifile themselves. Fearful parents can protect their children by scattering mustard seeds underneath and around the child's bed. These tiny seeds are said to distract the fillet, who upon seeing them would be compelled to locate and count each and every seed. And if the parents had spread enough, the wicked spirit would be unlikely to complete its task before the sun rises to drive it away, leaving the child sleeping safely in bed. Y'all, I want to take a quick minute to tell you about one of my favorite nonprofit organizations here in Middle Tennessee. It's called Poster Nashville. Now, this organization supports people during times of housing or medical crises by providing compassionate, temporary care for their pets. That's right. Poster helps secure loving homes for beloved little furballs when their human companions are going through things that might otherwise cause them to have to give them up. But since Poster began back in 2020, they've been able to reunite nearly 250 pets with their loving pet parents after they were able to secure housing, keeping families together, through tough times. Of course, y'all, I have to say from personal experience, it's been an awesome program to be around. My kids and I have been fortunate enough to hang out with some of the pups, and trust me, what Poster is doing through a devoted network of volunteers is absolutely heartwarming. So if you'd like to help, Poster is in the middle of their annual fundraiser right now, trying to hit a goal of $20,000, and it would mean the world to me if you'd consider helping us get there. All you got to do is visit southerngothicmedia.com slash bark. That's right, southerngothicmedia.com slash bark. 
Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. In 1949, a newspaper article written by Mona Melmuton appeared in the Crowley Post-Signal. In it, Mouton offers her own take on the folklore, sourced from her own experiences in Cajun country. She writes that it was a, quote, commonly held belief that a fifa lay near a house pretended death. However, if someone put a knife or other sharp instrument on a post, the fifa lay would cut itself and so break the spell. This article originally published in English, also tells the story of Mouton's father, who claimed to have come into contact with the mysterious creatures. I was crossing that prairie in Acadia Parish. See, back then in those days, they didn't have very many houses around. And right when I was on that wide open prairie, a fearful they got after me. I took off running, and when I looked around, there it came right behind me. Then I saw that little cabin Mama used for a schoolhouse. I ran in there and shut the doors and looked through the window, and there was that fearful lay. So I ran to the other side of the cabin, and there was this white crack, and I peeped through it, and there was no doubt in my mind. It was an awful fee Unlike the Bro manuscript, the Crowley Signal Post article does not present the fee as an accepted reality in the modern world, but rather presents it as nothing more than a superstitious, ancestral belief based on a natural and misunderstood occurrence in the swamp, a phenomenon known more commonly as a will-o'-the-wisp. Translated from the medieval Latin term ignis fatuus, or fool's fire, the will-o'-the-wisp can be found in ancient folklore all across the world from Europe to Asia, the Americas, and even Australia. Each culture has its own variations on the mythology of the phenomenon. 
but most are similar to those found in Acadiana, maintaining that these seemingly supernatural, phosphorescent lights appear as flickering lamps to mislead travelers into treacherous terrain. As a result of this widespread belief, references to the entities can be found in numerous works of classic literature, from John Milton's Paradise Lost to Bram Stoker's Dracula and even The Lord of the Rings. But while these tales all claim that the Will of the Wisp is a supernatural entity, modern science provides a trustworthy explanation as to the real origins of this fiery spirit, contending that these phosphorescent lights are nothing more than a mixture of gases found in marshes, swamps, and cemeteries, which spontaneously combust in the presence of oxygen. These gases, including methane, carbon dioxide, and numerous compounds containing phosphine, are produced in the soil by decaying organic matter. The slow to non-moving nature of marshes and swamps, combined with the abundant greenery and woodlands of South Louisiana, make it an ideal setting for the existence of these gases. And as a result, when they bubble to the surface and combine with oxygen, the fifolet are formed. Today, Cajun culture continues to be a prominent part of Southern Louisiana. However, over the years, their traditional way of life has been threatened by both Americanization and the effects of climate change's rapid destruction of the Louisiana wetlands. In 1910, the state of Louisiana passed legislation requiring that the French-speaking population learn to read and write in English, forbidding Cajun French in the state's schools. And although the culture survived, the harm done to these proud people has had a lasting impact. Fortunately, Cajun music, cuisine, and folklore has survived, a point of much pride for the descendants of these early Acadian settlers, a pride that has led to the recent emergence of bilingual and immersion schools and the hope of resurrecting the language and culture of a truly unique people for future generations. My name is Brandon Schecksneider, and you've been listening to Southern Gothic. Southern Gothic is an independently produced podcast created by siblings Brianne and Brandon Schecksneider with the support of listeners like you. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to receive even more content, including ad-free episodes, head over to our Patreon page today. The link is in the show notes. Lucky Lady Shacks. Hello, my name is Matt, host of the Pirate History Podcast. 
pirates rank among the most mythologized and romanticized of all historical figures. It can become easy to forget that pirates were real people that had real-world concerns. If you like tales of high seas adventure, daring do, and also want to learn more about who Blackbeard supported to be king, you can learn more about all of that at the Pirate History Podcast.